It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Hey, welcome to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Brian Christofferson. Michael Brunts is not really across from me, but sort of. And we're going to talk about quarterbacks to start. Uh, we're going to do this thing where we go through, you know, we're in May now, Brunt. So you got you to really. <laughs> we're in the you, thick of off season right now. May is the scr- worst. Got to scratch and claw a little bit, which is okay. We're willing to do that, but we're going to go through each position group one by one um, throughout these podcasts through May and June and say, here's the lay of the land. In some cases, here's who's coming in in the summer. Uh, Quarterback, I don't know if anybody is, uh, but we can talk about the guys. Well, what do you think, Bruns? Are are you – yeah. I I, I didn't know if you were were breaking some news there, that there was another quarterback on the way. Is there? No? No, I I wasn't breaking any news. No, no, no. No. Is there another no. quarterback coming? And I'm going to tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be something, wouldn't it? No, I said. I, I, I was saying, a reveal. Yeah, I, w- I was saying, you know, I don't know that that's happening. So um, let's talk about the guys that are here. Uh, there are three scholarship quarterbacks remaining. At one point, there were six. There's Jeff Sims. There's Heinrich Harburg. And there's uh, Chubba Purdy. We know, Brunts, that Jeff Sims is the dude now. I mean, that I, I said this when when he was up there after the spring game. I think you and I would have said that he's going to be the starting quarterback. We fully believe that. Mm-hmm. But Casey Thompson was still around. And I think to the general public, there was still sort of this thought, like maybe it's a 50-50 fight when they get to fall camp. I don't know. Uh, until it's proven otherwise, Casey was a starter last year. I'm talking about I'm generalizing how the public might have thought about it. And so I think when Jeff Sims, whenever he appeared this spring, he didn't yet have that status as like the man, you know, like to the whole state. And that so that's what has flipped and will be different the next time we talk to him. I mean, in thinking back on it, I mean, like this, it seemed like this is where things were headed, right? Like when when a, a head coach brings in a quarterback and says, everybody that I talk to tells me that this is an NFL quarterback and I believe he's a future NFL quarterback. I don't think the natural inclination is to go, Oh, and by the way, we're going to go with this other guy over here who is not part of this offense or, or you know, is, is not, not my guy. And I guess like, things were headed towards this. It was just kind of a matter of whether Casey was going to stay and compete. 
You know, he was behind the eight, eight ball um, with not being able to do much at all this spring, aside from just hang out in the film room. And it's uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think this is, this was going to be the outcome. I think they, they love Jeff Sims's tools and what he can be as a passer and a runner and, and the, the running piece of it, I think is very important to the staff and we can get into that too, if you want, but I guess now the question for me as it relates to Jeff Sims is can he lead this thing is does he have the chops to kind of wrap his arms around this team and pull it in in one direction. And I, I think, I think Casey was, was good at that at times, but I think in, in, you know, year one, when, when everybody's kind of trying to figure things out, I mean, naturally one of the positions you look towards for, some leadership and getting every everybody going in the same direction as quarterback. And I guess we'll see if Jeff Sims is that guy. Do you think he can be? Mm-hmm. And real quick, back to the the thing with Casey. I mean, this staff would have no. They I'm, no, you were fine. I mean, this staff though would have been in a precarious spot to put all their eggs in the basket of someone who yes he has a lot of college tape and experience but they didn't get to see him at all in the spring and you're sort of like wondering i hope for casey's sake because i i like casey i hope he has success and i hope he comes back from his off-season recovery really well but that's what you would have been banking on like as a husker staff this guy who had uh, surgery on his you know throwing shoulder and you know, you never quite know how a guy's going to respond after all that, especially if you want to have a QB who can um, be a running threat, who can take some hits and all that stuff. Um, Casey's a very tough guy. Um, you know, Jeff Sims has been in and out of the lineup, too, during his time at Georgia Tech, but he's 6'4", 220. And I think the play that if you want like a snapshot of like, OK, I, I see exactly what they're talking about with him, with his versatility. I think it was Cam Lenhart. I could have the player wrong who came free in the first quarter of that spring game. And Jeff Sims just did a wheeled out of it. Like, no, like it was like, eh, whatever, you know, and he took off and he got like five yards or something, but that's a play where you could take for granted uh, where a lot of guys would have taken an eight yard sack. uh, No questions asked. And uh, he didn't even get touched on it. And so, um, you know, rule said he's a guy, he said four, four speed. I don't know if it's up there, you know, but he's, he's a fast guy, but he's a passer first. He said, you know, he's a guy who can pass the ball who happens to be a very uh, fleet footed. Uh, so they, they do love everything about him. And I think back to your point, Bruns, we shouldn't have been shocked by this. I mean, on December 20th, I think was the press conference early signing day. And maybe going into that, we had no idea what was going to happen. But when you heard him talk about Sims, the way he did, that day there you go that changed my mind right then and there like okay if i was thinking maybe casey was the front runner i better readjust that and um and then you know people try to talk themselves into both uh, viewpoints throughout the last four or five months but i think you're right it was probably right there in front of our eyes the whole time and and i don't i i mean we're still kind of new with matt rule but yeah i i don't get the sense that he's the type that's going to heap praise where it's not warranted like as, yes. as time as time has passed i think he's very careful about what he says i think he's also very purposeful about what he says and 
when you kind of view what he said in December through that lens, it's like, okay, it, I think it was a bit of a tell on kind of which, what direction they were going. I mean, it, I, I think that, you know, they, they were more than willing to have Casey stick around and compete for that job. I just think it was going to be very tough to, you know, overcome 15 practices of Jeff Sims, um, you know, kind of already having that in the bank uh, when, when you got to, got to the fall camp. So I what? guess now, I guess now the question becomes like, is, is that backup, like the, the quarterback battle that we were kind of all expecting shifts from like, who's going to start to like, who's the backup now. Right. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, do you, do you feel as I do that it seems like Harburg's got a leg up in that right now or, or what's your thought? Um, we heard a lot more about Harburg in the spring. Um, you know, both of those guys didn't have great spring games. And I think that's, that's kind of what's fresh in people's minds. And I mean, that's all, that's all you see publicly. I mean, that's, that's all you have to go off of. And the coaching staff is going off of 14 other practices that they were able to see that includes a couple scrimmages that, you know, were, were probably, you know, more purposeful, I guess, um, than even what the, the spring game was. So, you know, I, I think, Harburg is, is, you know, right in the thick of that. I would probably put him just based on what we've heard and, and what's been talked about slightly ahead of Chubba Purdy. They also like Purdy. I mean, every, every chance that they talk about the quarterbacks, you know, Matt Rule was quick to point out that Purdy was one of the more athletic, faster guys That's on right. the team. Um, you know, there's a little bit more that we know about Purdy. We got to see him a little bit last year. I think there were certainly some mixed results there. Um, from what we saw, but I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I would, I think if, if you're looking for more of kind of that big physical runner piece of it, I think you would lean more towards Harburg. It's just a matter of whether or not the passing has, has caught up with his athletic ability. Yeah. I think also within um, with Sims and Harburg and you could do the same with Purdy, but I, I really can see the combination platter i guess so to speak with uh sims and harburg where if them i'm gonna bring up the worst case scenario because it's a long season and if like sims has to go out a series in the second quarter of some game i think harburg has a skill set running the ball and stuff where they can they could pretty naturally um go to their a game plan with him without you know basically having to have one thing for this guy a completely different Thing for the other guy i think there can be kind of a seamless transition there um between the two now some guy's going to excel you know certain areas better than the other but i do think uh that's something to keep in mind that the, that that could be pulled off is there anything um i don't know did anything surprise you this this spring at the qb position or what's like the biggest question ahead for you well you can take either of those questions but what I guess Harburg surprised me. I mean, just like sometimes you got to step back um, and say two months ago, we would have been discussing outside the walls. Is this guy going to maybe play tight end or something? And now we're talking about him as maybe the backup QB. So you've got to say whatever people think of the spring game performance, that's a guy who got a lot done in the spring and had a very effective uh, 15 practice sessions when you think of it that way. Yeah, it's, 
It's an interesting discussion because I, you know, Nebraska had, a, you know, a, a very big quarterback room in, in today's college football landscape. I mean, there's a there were a ton of guys in that room this spring. That that's pared down to three scholarship guys now, and I guess the the discussion in my mind comes down to about the backup spot is, you know, can can whoever comes in there come in and, and effectively run your offense? And I think the inclination for some fans is to view the backup spot as like your backup is, you know, right there with your starting quarterback and, and can do everything. And and I, I don't know how realistic is that in, in college football in 2023 that you have somebody waiting in the wings, just absolutely ready to go. I mean, it feels like most, places around college football at the power five level there's going to be some question marks about that backup quarterback and what they can do i mean is that fair i mean i guess that that's what what i keep going back to with this discussion about you know sims and what the quarterback room looks like and level level of concern like I, i just don't know how realistic it is now to you know thinking back to like you know Brooke Beringer ready to go, you know, whenever Tommy Frazier went something like that, like that, that scenario, I think is a lot less likely to, to play out now. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. I was actually going to kind of bring us to that topic to close down the discussion on the quarterbacks and ask. And I, I agree with what you're getting at. I think um, there is sometimes that feeling like, Oh, the depth at that spot is not good. Like that's kind of, you're kind of hearing that float in the air. I think it's about like it is everywhere. I would agree with that. I mean, there's maybe an exception of the rule here and there. If Casey Thompson had stuck around, Nebraska would have had like such an enviable position to so many programs like to actually have that. It's just not like real um, likely in this day and age of especially the portal where, you know, I'm sure Casey, there's probably news coming at some point, you know, like, pretty soon about where he's going and there's going to be a good opportunity for him. And that's just the way it's going to be from now on. If a guy is like second or third and has some experience, you better believe like he at least knows in his head that he's going to have options to be QB one somewhere else. And there's probably some NIL packages attached to it and all that stuff. Like it's just impossible. Almost. It feels like to keep two guys like that anymore who have like three or four years of college experience as these QBs do. So I don't think they're in a dire situation. I think they're in an average situation, you know, and I think they've got a QB one who has a very high upside and the coaches think so too. So it's probably a better situation than some others. Wouldn't you say at every level Bruns? I mean, you go to the NFL and you look at every roster, like, um, people can say what they want about like my guy, Kirk cousins. But if Kirk cousins goes down in week three, this next season, it's probably going to be a pretty rough year for the Vikings, you know, or whomever you can use your, your guys too. Um, and that's just the way it is from pro to high school. Like the, the backup situation is always like a very like, Oh, that's precarious. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, and it, you know, from, from the coaching side of it too, I mean, I wonder how much you can actually get done in a group with six scholarship quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if you're, if you're talking like development and bringing young guys along and 
just the the day-to-day during the season of getting a certain number of guys ready to be able to play on Saturday, it's a heck of a lot easier to do it with three or four max versus like six. So, because mm-hmm. I even, even you know, Scott Frost staff always said, well, you wanted you, what it was a group of four or five is what they were. They were five, I think was their number. And it's just not, I, I don't know how, how you do that in today's college football and how you actually focus on development with that large of a group of, of players. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a little bit more precarious now than it was with, you know, Casey Thompson and Logan Smothers both there. But I mean, I, I think that's just kind of the way college football is now. I'm going to go back and do this story. Actually, as we've talked through this, I'll do this story in the summer. There's time for it. Um, I'll go back, look at the last 40 years or whatever, can pick it, pick the time frame, and like give you the three deep of what the QB situation looked like. And I think people would be pretty, I mean, there's, there are some really good Husker teams where I don't want to knock guys. I mean, they're in this program, but there's some second or third stringers where like, it was a little dicey when they got thrown into the mix. Let's be real about that. Um, you know, Nebraska, when their national title team with their third stringers in there, had to, you know, resort to three or four plays, you know. So they, let's, let's, let's call it like it is. So um, that's the way it has been. So this isn't like some unusual development where your second or third guy, you're kind of wondering, like, oh, how's that going to go? So, uh, but I'm going to do that story. I, that, okay. This has inspired me, Bronze. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I'll been, be proven wrong. And, and it's, it, I mean, you've had situate. I mean, Andrew Bunch going in, uh, in the big house, right? That's that's where he had to to go in and, and play a little bit. And another example where a week before, you know, and this was even before the portal is like it is now. Yeah, Jebbia and a, a guy who do you think is maybe the backup, and he's out the door like a week before the opener. You know, so that's that's our that's where we're at now in college football. So get used to it. I mean, it's just he's still playing. He's at Ohio State now. Yeah, I mean that's good for him. I bet he'll be a he. He'll probably be a sharp like he'll he'll be 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 an offensive coordinator somewhere in like ten years or something. So I think that's what's going on there. So people shouldn't make fun of that. He's he's studying up. Um, but anything else on the QBs or did we? We cover we, all the ground. I think we covered the ground. I, and I don't mean to be defensive. Like sometimes I think people are like, oh, you're just trying to defend a bad situation. It was a bad week of news at that spot. I just think it, as you go through it, this is like the realistic endpoint we were always going to arrive at about this time of year. I mean, maybe, maybe there would have been four. I'll tell you, Logan Smothers is the one guy. If you were like, you just had him as like a nice backup option. I, I would take that. Yeah. You'd feel really, I, you would feel, I think, significantly better about the spot if you if you had him around. Yep. All right, we're going to come back on the other end, and we're going to talk some Husker hoops. There's been a lot of news there, and um, it's uh, the roster's filling out there. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town. And they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd. Exclusively on Paramount+. 
The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. All right, we're back to the Husker 24-7 podcast. We're going to talk some Husker hoops. And um, they added another um, Bruns. They're they're now just one away from filling up all the scholarship spaces that we know of. Yep. Uh, Josiah Alec um, has joined the crew. He's a, a Lincoln lad, played at North Star, 6'8 guy, uh, was at New Mexico last year. Um, just kind of reading the quotes. He hasn't done a lot of interviews since he um, – committed to Nebraska, but he did an outgoing interview with the, the Albuquerque newspaper. And I think he just thought like, maybe there was some ways he could be used better in an offense. And that's basically the gist of that. And uh, any time you get a chance to come home, that's not a bad deal for him and not a bad deal for Nebraska basketball worked out pretty well last year. When Sam Grissell came back, you have a guy who has that extra, those extra feels, you know, for the program and, and maybe that, uh, you know, kind of rubs off on some other guys. He did also shoot at a very high clip before he went to New Mexico at uh, Missouri, Kansas City for the Ruse. The Ruse, yeah. Yeah. Um, and had a year where he averaged 15 points a game. So um, good length. I believe he's a little dinged up now, so he needs to recover from an injury. So that'll be something to monitor. But uh, nice pickup, doesn't it seem? Yeah. I mean, I. He, he, it seems like from I, I read that same article you're referring to, but it, it seemed like based on what he had done at UMKC that there might be kind of a little bit more in the tank, I guess, for Nebraska to unlock on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think it's anytime you have a guy that can play the post a little bit, which I think he can, um, you know, there, there's value in a, adding a veteran guy like that. And, you know, like you said, he's a Lincoln guy. Um, great story there. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's another, when you kind of look at the, we, when we can get into this too, but it seems like another one of those pickups out of the portal where you're kind of like, okay, I, I can see, I can see how this picture kind of comes together a little bit with some of these veteran guys that they're adding. And, you know, not just veteran guys, but some guys with some talent too. Yeah, I think they're very much, hanging with the same template they had last year um, where it's obviously you're always looking for the top talent. That's captain obvious stuff, but you're really looking for just like, how does that, what this guy does merge with this other guy? And what if we got him over here and uh, you put those three or four pieces together and what does that look like? And I think if you look at, we'll go through the four names here. I think you can see their plan and why they're, taking this route um Aaron Eulis um out of Iowa junior um started 27 games for the Hawkeyes last year 6-3 uh can get downhill he's just a he's very confident on the ball on ball defender and also um a good facilitator and I think he could be uh I really feel like his commitment on Monday um 
relieve some of the anxiousness because there was that spot where you're like, who's going to run the show and how's it going to work? Unless that guy you feel pretty good about. And I like that. He just has a lot of big 10 experience. And I think there's some fans who kind of pass through and they're like, Oh, Nebraska beat him twice, whatever. I mean, I was in the tournament last year and he was their fifth and most minutes uh, for the Hawkeyes. And so he's played a lot of basketball, comes from a very proud uh, Marion program in Chicago. His brother's Tyler Ulis, um, who was, you know, a star at Kentucky, Bob Cousy award winner and uh, 34th draft pick in the NBA. And they're very tight. So he's got that sort of like, um, you know, gets that feedback from his family about the good and the bad of his game. Um, I just I think Nebraska really got a solid piece there. And then we've talked before about you got six, seven Bryce Williams from Charlotte who can uh, who was really excelling the last month or two of the season at filling it up like he was on a roll. Um, so you hope you got a just a, a, a dangerous scoring threat from the perimeter there. Um, and then rink mass, uh, the six, nine, you know, big from Bradley, who's probably my favorite of the bunch. Is that because you guys got really in the weeds about physics when you when you interviewed him? <laughs> yeah, he was a he, he should be grad. Let's see, he yeah he probably graduated just recently in that. Um, make sure he passed his final courses, but that was his major. And no, we did not get in the weeds. Um, basically, he realized a few minutes in, like this guy's not on my level <laughs> that's interviewing me. So we probably need to cut this off in about a minute or so. You're like, let, let's roll, let's get into inertia. I want to talk some inertia. <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna, Husker fans are gonna like him. Um, he's just one of those guys, like, um, you know, from the Netherlands. Um, and uh, they're very good at speed skate, or aren't they good at speed skating? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know if, if he has that skill set at all. Probably not. But he's a he's a very well spoken guy and an interesting guy. And um, I think fans are gonna just enjoy hearing from him. But I I like his game because. He's got a little Derek Walker in his, I mean, he's the same size as Walker. He's not going to be, I I think the same type of like a guy you necessarily play through as much as like sort of your forward slash point guard, the way he was Derek Walker was. But I think what mass can do is he can shoot it better from the outside. And so that's going to open up something else. He's, he's more of like a traditional Hoiberg mm-hmm. stretch four type. Yeah. And so yeah. I think, as you see it, Bronson, look, I, I see why they're, I, the puzzle pieces at least make sense on the table to me. So they have one more open scholarship? That's plus, correct. Plus the pending decision from Casey, whatever, however that comes down. Do you, do you see, like, with all the pieces right now, do you see two questions, I guess. What do you make of what they've done in the front court specifically and what they have coming back? Like, what what's your your read on what they like, do they have enough there to make the stir the drink? I guess. I think it's a, I think it's a fair question mark to put out there. And the reason why I'm a little worried is uh blaze Keita last year. I liked when he, he got in there cause he really, um, he added a charge on the boards and also just as a defender. I mean, he, he was the guy who was taking some key charges when they were on that winning streak and doing a lot of the dirty stuff. Um, obviously they're going to get Jawan Gary back. Um, who's a junkyard dog type player. And I mean, they missed him a ton, just like his rebounding presence. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I think we shouldn't excuse him from the conversation. He's going to loom large. Uh, but the the deal with Keita with the ankle injury that just kept popping up, you know, it was, it was a multiple uh, injury year for him where it happened. If you thought, well, he's going to get back the next week and then something again. And so that's where you get a little worried and you just hope that uh, he can shake, shake through that. So that's sort of, I, I, I think of him as to that question because he's a nice depth piece when we're talking about the bigs. Yeah. And, and do you, is there a need that they absolutely have to have with that last scholarship or are they like best available now? Do you, do you kind of put it in your pocket? I mean, I don't know. does it even make sense nowadays to, to carry over a scholarship? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, that smarter people than me could probably, you know, give an argument one way or the other, but I don't see it. See it. I mean, I don't, every year you're going to flip four or five guys anyway. So why wouldn't you want to take every space available I mean, it's nice that they have um, like Sam Hoiberg is not on scholarship and never it doesn't show up on the chart. But that's a each Jody can play in the Big Ten. So that's a nice, uh, you know, background option to have um, as you know, whether he's your seventh, eighth guy or or higher even than that. Um, but, yeah, I think a, a wing, you know, a slashing wing who could do some damage would be a, a real nice piece. There's still some good guys out there. I don't have any names to specifically – I wouldn't feel comfortable throwing any out right now. Um, but I, the good part is I don't see like that one glaring hole where you're just like, oh, they're screwed right now if they don't get this, which is why I think Euless was the biggest yeah. deal of all because then it's like it, it just settled things. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. they, got, they got a team to put on the floor now. Well, otherwise you you're basically back to that situation that you, you're almost kind of like Nebraska football trying to find a center most years. It's like who can we who can we move over here or have somebody do that job that might not be the best at it, but they're adequate. Like you've you've got that mm -hmm. piece of it figured out because I, I mean they've got guys that that can do it. It's I, I just think uh, like you said, I mean having that kind of experience in the Big Ten and a guy I think is a big deal. One last thing on hoops, we I mean we can we're obviously focused on the portal right now, but the guy that I'm most excited of all to see is Jamarcus Lawrence and what yeah. he does from last year and how he uses the runway from the last two months of his season, where that was just a completely different guy from like January to March. I mean, it, it was a guy who like had no hesitation with the jumpers, like confidence just all around in his game. And he, he got hot. And, um, you know, even in the big 10, um, tournament when Nebraska didn't play their best, you know, it was Lawrence, like in the first half who had, you know, double digits and kind of kept them going. And, um, that's a guy where for Husker basketball to find that next level, you're always going to have to sort of hit the right, uh, guys who have the right ingredients from the portal every season. That's just the way it is across the landscape now but you need like those two or three guys who have kind of started in the program and then year to year, they're just getting a little bit better, a little bit better. And if Jamarcus Lawrence is a little bit better than he was last year, that's pretty good. Um, Cause he was one of the better freshmen in the league by the end of the season. Yeah, no, that would be huge. And it's, it's funny. I mean, you, with the way the portal is now, you almost kind of don't get excited about guys development. You know what I mean? Like you just kind of assume that everybody moves on anyways. And, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I 
he more than anybody on that roster, I think is kind of exciting in terms of, you know, what he can be, I think, as if he, if he Mm -hmm. stays and, you know, continues on that plane. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like Nebraska was in on a Brady Dunlap, who was a really good recruit and he ended up picking St. John's and you would have loved to get a guy like that. No doubt about it, but it's almost, we're in that era where if you don't get them, you're like, okay, you move on and you get a, you get a guy who's three years older and who knows, I'm not saying him specifically, but who knows a guy that you may be recruited if he might not pop back in, in your radar and you have that relationship with him a couple years down the road. Um, it, it just makes sense that you'd in a, most cases where you're like, I'll take the 21 or 22 year old over the guy just out of high school. And, we, and so I, it's uh it's a whole new world. I feel a little bit bad for the high school recruits sometimes because of it, but that's, that's where we're living. Yeah, no, I think there's more significantly, and especially for a program that needs to win now in, yes. in getting somebody that can help you right away. All right. Well, uh, we've exhausted all we have to say, I think about, uh, quarterbacks and Husker hoops. Uh, we'll have a lot more on the site though, even though it's may, we just keep going. We'll, we're going to keep putting up content. No off season. Nope. There isn't an off season. And, um, so you should come back to Husker 24 seven for all the latest. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA champions league 24 seven. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.